Hi everyone, it's Chris from The Potty. I just wanted to say that in the first minute, Polly's audio isn't the best, but believe me, it gets much better after that. So I hope you enjoy it. See you on the other side. Welcome back to A Bevy of Bloods. In this episode, the Bevy breaks down the semi-final loss to Adelaide as the Swans' sophomore storybook year comes to an end. So fluff up those tail feathers and settle in for a potentially, and last, bias yarn about all things to do with our beloved Bloods for 2023. Welcome back, friends and family, to the very last AFLW potty for the season, of course, as the girls go down to Adelaide in the semi-final. But good news, we have our true crew of AFLW aficionados, Polly and Steve-O. Welcome back to the potty. Hello. Hey, thanks, mate. Thanks for having us here. No worries. Look, let's get stuck into the score recap and then we can just have some fun as we go as always. So last Saturday, our Sydney Swans were defeated by the Adelaide Crows by 67 points with a final score of 2-3-15 for the Swans and 12-10-82 for the Adelaide Crows. All right, Polly, over to you for first impressions. What did you see from the game? Yeah, um, I guess the best place to start. Not the ideal way to go out. I think we kind of hoped that it might have been a little bit more of a competition, but look, you know, it's been a fantastic year regardless, so it doesn't really put that much of a damper on a fantastic season. Um, I think it really just showed the discrepancy between the top four teams and the rest of the pack. But look, it was still, they tried their hardest, they tried their heart out. I, you know, a couple more scores would have been nice, but I couldn't be prouder at the end of the day. So, yeah. Yep, love it. That's well said, I think. Steve-O, what about you, mate? Yeah, like Polly, like really proud of the girls. Seven wins, including winning a final in a season where at the start we probably would have been happy with a win or two or three as a, as a really good result. To do so well, I think, is fantastic. The game itself, I mean, Polly said it, the, there's a clear gap between the top four or five teams and the rest, and in this match, the experience and skill gap against a really, really strong Adelaide team that, you know, is favourites to get itself into a fifth grand final in seven full seasons because it was that COVID season when they didn't play the grand final and potentially a fourth flag out of seven full seasons is is big. Like, we played a really, really strong, experienced team and, and yeah, we got done, but they didn't put themselves to shame, not in this game, not throughout the season. The big losses we had were against top four teams. This was this was our biggest loss of the year, which was disappointing for it to happen in the last game of the year, but it was against Adelaide. We lost mm-hmm. to Brisbane by 55. We lost to the Crows the other day by 67. We lost to um, Geelong, who's going to play in the prelim yeah. final by 27. So they were our three big losses for the year. And the only other losses we had were the teams that didn't make the finals. We lost by less than a goal and two goals. So that shows the gap that Polly's talking about. And, you know, they'll learn a lot from this season. They'll learn way more from this season by um, by playing that first final against the Suns and then getting belted by the Crows in a big final. And they would have done if they just sort of putted through the year and finished ninth or tenth. So I think it's a really good outcome just to have been there. Yeah, perfectly said by both of you. Obviously, disappointing, but at the same time, as you've both mentioned really, really well, you're looking at three different teams that beat us and three different teams that are still in it, uh, top four teams and uh, Adelaide being probably the most dangerous of all of them uh, by losing by a little bit to Brisbane in the week before. Uh, Gowans was pretty hardcore um, at the very end of the game. And so uh, Scott Gowans actually had a couple of uh, quotes. I'm just going to paraphrase a few of them. he said, getting the opportunity to play in a knockout final against one of the big sides is a great opportunity, uh, but we got our lesson tonight. Work rate was there. We were beaten by a better side. Pressure and the run was up. Um, and then when someone asked him about the general season, which we'll touch on, but um, this is mostly about the, the game in itself, but just to kind of gauge where Gowans is, he, he's not letting off off the, um, uh, the pedal. Like He said, uh, my heart says that there's still a level to get to my, sorry, my head says that there's still a level to get to and I want to get there quickly, but my heart says that the girls gave everything. So he really was 
disappointed by the loss because you know he, he's there to win. He's there to win every single game, but in his uh, in his heart, he says uh, he, the girls did everything they could to make it happen. And and I think I feel the exact same way as that. I think the, the girls really did an incredible job. And I dare say the pressure up the entire game was just superb. And what are you going to do? The Adelaide Crows are that much better. Superfan Sam at the pub uh, at the Tudor on the weekend actually summed it up pretty well, I felt as well. He said that um, Adelaide, the Crows have won more premierships than the Swans have been in the competition. Yep. And, and I think that just summarizes where we are as a team. So what are you going to do, right? There's not yeah. much you can do about that. All right, Polly, over to you for the good, the bad, and the stats. Yeah, um, I think the most glaringly obvious stat was the inside 50s. Um, The girls just could not find a way to get that ball down our end of the field. There was a bit of a run in the third quarter, but that wasn't converted. Um, And, yeah, Adelaide just knew how to read the ball when every time it came out of their defensive 50. um, I don't have the stat in front of me, but it felt like we didn't have an inside 50 at all. Yeah. but, you know, I don't put that down to the lack of trying. I think they did try different things. I think Adelaide are just a very well-rounded, well-experienced team and knew what they were doing. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. steve what about you, mate? Yeah, it's that, like, controlling the ball. In that first quarter I was watching, and I think we had two marks in the whole of the first quarter against Adelaide. Whereas against the Suns, we had 50-plus marks. You know, we control the ball really, really well. We spread the ball. We made them chase, like made the Suns chase us. Whereas against the Crows, they controlled the tempo of the game. They had so much pressure on us that we just couldn't get those marks in space and those lead-up marks. And we didn't get a single mark inside 50. So two marks for the whole quarter and then none inside 50 for that quarter um, was, was a clear indication of how the game was going. And then as the match went on, in the end, we got... Um, got only three marks inside 50 for the whole game. They got 12. Um, and then contested marks. We got one contested mark for the match. They got 13. So, Christ, yeah. yeah, that's that's a big discrepancy. I don't usually like to dwell on stats because I think you can interpret stats in many, many ways mm. to suit your own argument a lot of the time in footy, in everything, not just in footy, but um, we're talking about footy. But 13 to 1 contested marks is a huge differential that, that I think speaks for itself, really. And then... Um, I thought that it was quite amazing, actually, that after that first quarter where they really didn't let us control the ball, we were only eight points behind. Because um, mm. like going into the game, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, what would I like us to be? If we can be within a goal or so each quarter, so only lose each quarter by roughly a goal and a bit and be within 15 or so, 20 at half time, then I think even if we've been dominated, we're doing pretty well. And that was the situation. That's what we mm. did. Unfortunately, they came out and, and kicked a couple of quick ones or the one late goal in second quarter and then two early in the third, and that, that kind of put it beyond us. It was going to be too hard. But but really, it was just that weight of opportunities. And I checked the stat, Polly. You mentioned the inside 50s for the game. Um, and this is another stat that speaks for itself. Uh, 48 to the Crows, 14 only to Sydney for inside yeah, well. 50. So just yeah. not not getting the opportunity to score. And, and that was the game. And then they were better. Like they, They're a very good team. Like like Sam, like you said, you, you mentioned that they've, they've won more flags than we've had seasons. So, hmm. you know, it was a good learning experience. Yep, and as Gowan suggested as well, like the effort was there and he was proud of it. Look, the stat line looks awful. Like they basically won all the stat lines, you know, like I'm doing some quick math here. 90, plus 91 disposals, uh, plus 46 in kicks, um, inside 50s plus, was that, 34. Um, hitouts, like plus 30, was that 38? It was just brutal, like just genuinely dominated us everywhere. But where we did win in uh was in tackles and in one percenters so what you're seeing there is sure the the other side got everything they had the ball they did everything they could but there was not a lack of trying from the girls and that's what i saw with my eyes kind of the stat line showed the same we've all suggested the same thing gowans even felt the same way so yeah we we can say what happened on the day Adelaide, obviously a much better team, but the girls should hold their head up high. They finished off the season in a really positive way. Um, Favourite moments. There were quite a few favourite moments. Um, So, Polly, let me pass it over to you. Yeah, um, I think uh, Chloe Malloy's goal was Mm. probably the standout moment of the game for me. Um, When she kicked that goal, I thought maybe we were back in it, but unfortunately, I don't think we scored another one after that. Um, 
But it just felt like such a captain's goal. Um, basically took it off her own boot, didn't even worry about anyone else. She's like, if I'm if we're going to win this game, I'm going to be the one to win it. So I'm going to do my best to get the ball. And um, obviously didn't pay off that way, but it was a beautiful goal. And I think every Swans fan around the country cheered very loudly when that went through. She is a one-girl wrecking crew. When she wants the ball, she gets it. Like, yeah. It's just you can't say enough about her. We've, we've spoken about her at length this season, and this team is un, like just it's hard to describe how much better this team is with her in it, just her captaincy, her presence as a human being. And then there goes the you know, probably one of the better players in the competition, um, definitely in the top five, I'd say, without question. So, yeah, massive. Um, but Steve-O, mate, what do you think? What, what happened on the game that you saw? For me, the big moment was like the beginning, like the very, very start. So like the achievement of actually being there, of, of watching the girls run out um, to play against a big final, like second week of the finals against the dominant team over now eight seasons of AFLW. And, and knowing that they'd earned their place out there on the field after a great season and a big hmm. first up finals win, that, that to me was the moment. And then everything else after that, I mean, it was a disappointing result, whatever, but... They got there and, you know, there's 18 teams in the comp and 12 of them didn't get there and the Swans did an amazing job just to be out on the field. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm just going to reiterate the effort, the, the the quality of the play, did what we could. Um, it would have been nice to have a couple of the other players like Morfitt to go out there and finish off the season doing what she can, um, you know, show, it, show her, her strength and, you know, have a final underneath her belt, but... At the end of the day, it is what it is. So we'll come back bigger, stronger, harder, faster uh, next year, no doubt. Um, okay, well, that takes us to the Bob Medal, which is our equivalent of the Bob Skilton Medal. And we give three, two, one points out to the best ones players. Again, what <laughs> seems to be a genuine – it's like we're doing this on purpose. We don't have anything to give out. So between us, the Brains Trust, what can we give the girls this week? Everything that, you know, we we always forget this, but everything's gone wrong while recording this episode, and so it's no doubt that we've forgotten to do it. Okay, so to, to take everyone past the fourth wall or whatever, <laughs> earlier, just before we started recording today, I decided to punch a full glass of wine onto my uh, laptop, so I had to get the backup laptop out. Polly has moved house and can't find a microphone. That's why she sounds a bit under the under, under water. And Steve-O has legitimately we got an we got a message from Ian. Uh, and God bless you, Ian. Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, and he did it in such a great way. But he, he basically described Steve-O as a robot because of the way that the microphone sounded. And so between us all, it's just a ragtag bunch of people who love AFL. Yep. We're doing the best we can. So do it. Look, we're getting a potty out somehow. So. Uh, <laughs> but I was going to say, I think, what about a bottle of whatever red wine uh, Chris this knocked all over his laptop? <laughs> all right. This is going to be a little bit embarrassing because it's actually a, a box of cast wine. It's a box wine. Hey, look. <laughs> it is what it is. And the reason, and the- I mean, oh, we upgraded because they did play in Adelaide, so a bottle of some sort of Adelaide Hills red wine. Only if I can put it into a box, into a, a, <laughs> a, a box of goon. There, okay, there is a reason for it. It's a, it's a spear fishing thing. I can use the box to then make a spear fishing flasher to attract the fish. That's why I'm drinking a box wine, but it, it's, okay. it's still embarrassing. And there's and there's, there's <laughs> no other way to get that piece of equipment besides drinking four liters of red wine by yourself. That's the only way you could think of to make I, this tool. I could have drunk one liter of wine, but I felt four was better than one. So. <laughs> when is it not? <laughs> All right. So one bo- one box of wine uh, <laughs> out to three points for our one and only Tarrant, two points for Gardner, and one point for Ella Heads. Um, Polly, uh, do you want to take it away with Tarrant? Uh, I would love to. Yeah. Um, I think we can just go out straight away and say, all the defenders were the best players on the field. Um, they had to really deal with the bombardment. And up until that last quarter, they did keep the margin to not, um, you know, super big. And Tarrant was the leading factor in that. She, we've called her this many times, she was the goalkeeper. She kept those balls at bay. She did not let anything get past her for a long time. Um, I saw a lot of buzz about her during the game. And unfortunately, probably a little bit too late. Like we've been on, 
her bandwagon for ever um but and she deserved to make some teams that she probably didn't make but look she just had another phenomenal game um she is really that key defender back there and uh, just love watching her get better and better and she had her 22nd birthday this week or last week and um so yeah just crazy young and crazy good and an incredible phenomenal season from her and I'm glad she finally got three votes I think this is the first time she's gotten the three so a great game from her yep I think it is too and uh, Steve I'll pass it over to you mate you've been a massive Tarrant fan longer than basically anyone else in Swans world mate go for it she's just a smart defender like she's reliable her positioning is amazing her judgment is um is absolutely elite and and I think that in the back half of the season, more of the AFL world is starting to get an idea of just how good a player she was. And if she'd had maybe a bit more exposure earlier in the year, then she probably would have been in some of those like league rep teams or whatever you want to call them, like all Australian teams. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think next year she'll she'll kick on and and be recognised as one of the best defenders in the comp. And you're already hearing quite a few of the commentators rating her that way. And I think that it's starting to spill out and people are taking notice of her. And so they should. She's a really, really good footballer. And I think that's just the way with uh, defenders, isn't it? That they're not going to get that recognition unless it's... Unless it's it's a phenomenal. Yeah, that's it. They're phenomenal. Yeah. And, and I we think weren't winning. She's there. Like, like, yeah. like we were losing games. It's hard to get attention for players when you're one of the weaker teams. But once we started to push into finals contention, then all of a sudden the, the, the world starts to pay more attention to your players. And I think she, she might be yeah. one that got a bit of that. She was also competing with having like four or five other phenomenal players on the team that got sort of more uh, airtime, I guess, like Laura and Chloe and uh, Morfitt, they all get like huge airtime in the AFL media. So I think like you have three players, they don't really look beyond that, um, but it's nice to see that they finally are. Yeah, that's well said. That's actually a really good point. So yeah, look, three points to Tarrant. Can't say enough about her and massive in this game. Um, every time the ball goes in the air, you've you got a pretty good suspicion that she's probably going to get out to it. So, And she just did exactly that. I can't, like, just can't say enough about her. She's incredible. Um, all right, we do have two points to what seems to be the staple of the Bob medal for the AFLW season this year. Laura Gardner, Steve-O, mate, I'll let you take it away with Laura Gardner first. It, it's kind of like it's just expected that she's going to be 3-2-1, right? That's just the way it is. Yeah, she didn't get the three this week, but she was still really solid. She worked hard. I mean, she didn't have her impact on the game as much as she has in previous games. It was a very different type of game. I mean, the fact that our best three on the ground that we voted, the three of us, were two defenders and in and under, like inside midfielder, tells you what sort of game that it was. So we weren't able to get the ball out. Adelaide's pressure was so good that um, that Laura wasn't able to feed the ball out to her outside players, to runners, in the way that she would normally like to by hand and by foot. But it didn't mean that she didn't try. She still got, what, 20-odd touches, 22, it says here. Um, she worked really hard. She made a bunch of tackles, nine tackles, which I think was one of our highest, if not our highest. So she had a really, really solid day in a you know, in a midfield unit that was soundly beaten. I mean, if you, if you look at the... I've got the list here of the top disposal winners on the field and of the top one, two, three, the top 10 or so. Eight of them are Crows players, or seven of them are Crows players. So that and Gardner, and the other one is our fullback, Ella Head, our halfback. So mm-hmm. um, that tells you the sort of game that it was, and the way that the midfield was getting belted, and she held her head up really high. So yeah, she deserved to. Yeah, yeah, part of sad. Polly, what about you? What What do you want to say about yeah. uh, Gardner on the, the eve of her probably getting the bob medal? Yeah, look, um, we haven't done the math, but I think it's going to be quite a landslide. Um, She's just been phenomenal. Another phenomenal game, and um, it just shows that she makes an impact even in our biggest losses, and she just is so crucial to this team. And, um, yeah, it's been phenomenal to watch her this season. And I I would have loved that goal to go through. It looked like it was going Mm -hmm. through. I feel like she's had some bad luck in front of goals this season. That's the one thing she can improve on for next year. Um, But no, like another amazing game from her. She's so stuck into the inside ball, right? She doesn't have any time at the best of times. Like, yeah. So she's had like she's had a few behind. So Mm. would like so she definitely has it in her. It just doesn't convert. (laughs) Is it just the one goal for her this year? I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. 
I mean, we're not asking her to kick goals. That's not no, I'm not. I'm just saying if she if she has something she can wants to improve on during the off season, uh, that that would be it. <laughs> That's oh the goodness. only thing I can think <laughs> of. You, you, heard, you heard it here first. Polly is calling her. She's got to hit the scoreboard, God, Laura. <laughs> absolutely not. I wouldn't even dream of it. It's <laughs> throwing, throwing Polly under the bus. How are we going to do? <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Look, one point to our inner West girl, our local Sydney chapter, uh, Ella Heads. Um, been a been an absolute staple in that back line uh, for a long time. Always impressed. Gotten herself into the honourable mentions multiple times this season. Been very, very consistent. Um, Polly, over to you. Ella Heads, your inner West girl. Yeah, she was um, phenomenal. I said when I was talking about Tarrant, obviously the defenders had huge games, but her in particular, like, I wish I had a, I was counting how many times I said yes, Ella, during the game because she was just so good at um, make like as much as the ball was down that end, she stopped so many more balls from going through, and it's crazy to think of what the score could have been if her and Tarrant weren't there. It would have been an even bigger blowout. Um, so yeah, just another amazing game from her and. Again, another really young girl. Can't wait to see how she develops. That back line is just looking so good. It's just so exciting. Love it, Steve-O, mate. What about you? I know you've been a big Yellow Heads fan for a long time. Yeah, she's great. Um, And I'll just throw one stat, actually. She was the Swans' best for intercepts this week with nine, and that's more than Brenna had. And Brenna only got eight. So to knock Tarrant off her Mm. pedestal for intercept possessions in a match is showing how much of of a good effort that Ella had. Love it. She is a gun. Ella Heads, I think Gowan's mentioned that he's looking at her moving into the wing for next year. So he Interesting. Yeah, he, he sees like her as build that tank up and then get more position of the ball. I know she's got a great boot. She's got a really good leg on her. So um yeah, if she can build out that tank and uh get more inside minutes, maybe that's what she really wants and you know to keep her, that's what it's gonna take. And hey, we've got to do what we've got to do. Um as always, some honorable, honorable, some honorable mentions. Um, look, uh, I'll, I'll go with Hurley. I thought Hurley had a really, really good game. Um, she was tough inside. She had she had to deal with a lot of the heat. Sure, she was outclassed by some of the like bigger names in the competition. Probably one of the best midfielders in the competition. But she stood. She stood up, held her head up high, and she's what twenty, twenty one. So yeah, I know she might even be younger. Nineteen, maybe she's nineteen. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Like so to see, she's got, she's got another two, three years in the under twenty-two. That's wild. Um, she's just I think, so good. Yeah, and I think the another big factor as well. She wasn't really in the fourth quarter from memory, and went down in the third, mm. and that's when things really started to get worse and obviously you can't pin that all on her going down but I think it did make a big impact so that just shows how impactful she is to that team and how good uh, she's become yeah that's well said um well Polly uh what about you what about another honorable mention on your side yeah um I'll go with Chloe obviously I talked about her goal already but um she did everything she could to try and uh get that ball down the other end of the field she tried playing multiple positions um, I know just for a while she went to, I think it was Marinoff, and basically just stood next to her because she was like, well, she gets the ball. If I stand next to her, the ball will come near me and then maybe I get the ball. Um, she was trying everything and, like, honestly, um, unfortunately did not get that much reward for effort, but it didn't go unnoticed. Yeah, nice one. Steve-O, honourable mention? I'll take Julia Sullivan. She was really good. Yeah. Um, you know, coming into the sport, being a relative newcomer to the sport, and to play the role that she did, she was one of the main ones who was, you know, we didn't get the ball for much. We've talked about we barely got the ball past halfway a lot of the time and certainly not inside 50, but she was one of the ones who really was trying to get the ball forward. And um, and I think we're seeing in a very short period of time, she's developing into a quality player. I'm really excited to see how she goes next year, having had another full season, like this full season under her, under her belt for experience. She has really risen up really quickly. And mm-hmm. I think... I think she's the one we're going to be talking about a lot next year. She's super cool of head. She's she's in on the firing line all the time uh, in terms of the amount of heat that she's having to absorb. She does it very, very, very well. She's got a beautiful little depth kick, little little dink kick, um, where she can find space, find someone on the outside. 
yeah, I think I think she's going to be so good. I think Sullivan's going to be amazing. So looking forward to yeah, that. I think, and, and she's from, I think she's, I might, I might be wrong, but I have to check it later. I think that she's from Kerry. So so she County is. Kerry has County given us Kerry. two very, very good running, rebounding um, defenders. So we should be very grateful to County Kerry. With uh, Ty Canelli being the other? Yeah, that's, that's him. Right. That's the one. We interviewed Ty Canelli uh, a couple of years ago. The man, he even said himself, he can talk underwater. I don't <laughs> think that O'Sullivan's quite that way. She seems way more reserved than Ty Canelli. She does, yeah. yeah. She get a microphone she's in front of her. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I haven't seen her interviewed, so I could be wrong. But yeah, she does seem much more reserved. And I, and I mean, there could be a reason there's no microphone in front of her. Like Kerry is notoriously the hardest accent to know, and I know this because my best mate is from County Kerry, Adrian, and it took me a long time for me to understand. <laughs> and he's, even his dad, his dad came over to visit, uh, and we went out to a coffee shop in Coogee, which. For anyone, is the area should know. Yeah, the it's best. basically mini Dublin. They call it Little, little yeah. Dublin. It's basically all Irish. And we went to a cafe, and he's talking, and he's talking at such speed. I'm not going to do the accent because it's a little bit unnecessary. But the girl who was serving us was actually Irish from Dublin, and she goes to him, "Are you from Greece?" And he just goes, "Are you from Greece? I'm from Ireland." And he finally lost it. Right. <laughs> His accent is so thick. But he said, he goes, people on the other side of Kerry don't quite understand me. I'm from West Kerry and East Kerry doesn't quite understand me. And I'm like, and That's I'm like, crazy. what do you do as a job? He goes, I'm a salesman. I'm like, what? How do you go from only to people in Kerry? Only to people in Kerry. I mean, digital sales. <laughs> <laughs> He's a lovely guy. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So I think there's a reason why I don't get a microphone in front of her. Perhaps yes. this is a guess. Anyway. Yes. A guess, anyway. I want to watch her talking to McKenna from the Lions because have you heard him in oh, like interviews? Yeah, yeah. I can't understand it. It's just like I, I really have to slow it down anyway. Who is he from? Is he Cork or something? Or is he Kerry as well? He's from – actually, he's from a, a mate, Dylan, from our footy team here. He's from um, – oh, it's in, it's in the north and he's from near there. I forget the name of the right. of the county, but up that way. And it's a really rough accent. It was so hard. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, is there any more honorable mentions from either of you before we move on? I'm going to chuck um, in one, actually. Scott oh, Gowans. He's not a player, but... Oh. Yes. Good, good yeah. call, Steve-O. His <laughs> effort to get this group to where it is in two short seasons is unbelievable because effectively they've played if you think of the men's season they played 20 what 22 games that's what they've played they've played 22 games over two years that's all he's had with this group and look what he's done so scott gowans is my other one and having cancer this year that's right yeah. managed to do yeah. this while having can like, having cancer like just incredible stuff we're very lucky that's a that's actually a really good shout there polly it's prostate cancer number one killer of men gents go out there Look it up. Over certain ages, you need to go get yourself tested frequently. Get the stigma out of it. Just go get yourself tested. It's not that bad. All right. So let's just leave that there. Um, but yeah, great call. I think Gowans has been such a massive. When we got him as a coach, I got so excited. I'm like, this guy is so well qualified. And I don't know how like this kind of happened. And and what really got me excited, I, I remember Steve, we were talking about in the in the preseason review that um, Gowans and went in there and horse was like they i think they walked in the horse's room while he was doing his own little thing um and uh gardner or, or someone maybe harley walked in there with um uh, with scott gowan's like i'd oh, meet horse nice to meet you blah 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 and then they proceeded just to talk about football and, stati- and, and stats and strategies and everything and and horse was describing some of his things and gowan's started interrupting him about the way um some of this, the, 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 the strategy because women's games are different, right? So he started like interrupting, going, well, that's all good in the men's, but in the women's you have to factor in this, you have to factor in that. And apparently as soon as, you know, Gowans walked out, like nice to meet you, okay, he's on his way out, Horse gave the little nod over to uh, the executive to be like, that's the guy, like he, he gets it, like he gets every part of it. So, And what we can see from this year, he got it. He did such a great good job. Yeah. And he just seems to love the girls so much and the girl seems to love him, yeah. which is the uh, the main factor, honestly, that I look for in a coach. I just want everyone to 
feel like they can play their best and I think he brings out the best in the girls so couldn't be happier yeah well said well said well done Steve-O Polly all right look that gets us to the end of the uh, end of the game we effectively finish up in oh, I mean what how do you want to describe a fifth to sixth place which is amazing um much much better than we even expected to be um a really fantastic run and as you've both described losing to you know top four opponents we basically ended up where i think we ended up needed to end up we got lucky with a bit of the draw but um we had to beat the teams that we've beaten well i think a lot of people say we got lucky with the draw if you look at how the draw actually is it wasn't that lucky we played we ended up playing two of the top four Mm. um and like you're basing it off this is something that it's i've been seeing a lot recently people being like oh this one's lucky with the draw yeah we, we didn't win a game last year we're going to have the best teams to play, but they're basing it off where teams finished this year as opposed to where they finished last year. Yep. Um, and we actually played a lot of teams that finished mid-pack last year that didn't do well this year. So, um, yeah, like there was some luck in there, but we did end up playing two teams in the regular season that finished in the top four, like as in they're playing preliminary final. So at the end of the day, at, at two out of ten games where we're playing you know, two of the top four. There are other teams that did the same and they didn't even make the eight. So, um, yes, there was a little bit of luck with that, but I don't think it's a, a thing we should take into consideration. Yeah, I agree. And I think with um, with the way that people are looking at the draw, they're looking at the draw with the assumption that the previous year's fixture was also even. So you're, you're com- they're complaining or making assumptions based on a fixture which is based on an equally imbalanced fixture so it's never going to work because the teams aren't playing every other team you're only playing 10 games out of 17 teams so of course you're never going to get a full read of who's good and even then this year we beat um we beat collingwood we beat bloody Fremantle away they were both teams that were expected to do a lot better than they did this year and and we beat them so i I really think that when you've got such a compromised fixture and season structure the draw is what it is it's a lottery you know and you can only beat who they put in front of you and the swans did uh, well played, I think. Yeah, I, well, in that case, I'm so sorry, everyone. I got shut down pretty hard. Yeah, okay, you know what? <laughs> Our season, we, we, we didn't have a. Sorry. Easy draw. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just well, keep hearing people like, say it, opinion, like, when we, especially when we made final. So, like, like if you if you look at um, like, like fair enough. If you look at who we played at the end of the year, but it doesn't, it doesn't really work that way because nobody plays everyone else, and this is why it's so difficult to make. Um, comments based on strength of fixture in AFLW, I think, mm. compared to many other sports around the world, where it's much more evenly balanced. Um, like I was actually looking in the men's season, they played um, they play ten games in AFLW this year and last year and whatever, and the lowest amount of games ever played in the VFL AFL for the men's is twelve in a season ever in over a hundred years, and that was in a season that was affected by the First World War in like nineteen sixteen. <laughs> Or something, and only four teams played, and they each played each other like three or four times. So, so this is what we're dealing with, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the way that I look at it is, if women couldn't vote, that doesn't come into the fucking stat line. Like, I'm sorry, like if we can't go back that bloody well far. The stat line yeah. starts in like 1980 at best. And like, I don't know. This is the way I work. Yeah, out. but yeah, I look. I I res- totally respect your opinion, Chris, but I just think that when people are saying that. <laughs> That they're not, they're, they're just seeing, oh, they played these four bottom four teams, yeah. but there was no way of knowing those teams were going to be bottom four based on the previous season and based on the fact that we don't know. You then have to go back and see what ten, ten teams they played. You know, mm. there's no like, um, there's no way of like having a a fair draw or a easy draw when you're only playing nine other teams. Sorry, ten other teams. Yeah, and and what we saw this year too was that we we played like in the in the regular season we got we got beaten soundly by Geelong and Brisbane who, like you said, both made the prelim finals. So they're both top four teams in the end. We lost both of them. Fine. We didn't play any other games against teams that made the eight. I don't think even the regular season did we. I don't think there was another one. No. But that doesn't really matter because this year there has been such a clear division between the top four and five, and then pretty much everybody else after that. So. The fact that we only played two of the top four or five, we still played the teams from the otherwise very evenly spread group, I think. Hmm. All right. Well, you know what? It's tough game in podcasting to have an opinion and then get sm- <laughs> by it. So even the people that you did a podcast with, that's just life. 
but I respect both your opinions too high to fight back, and also I'm overpowered. Um, so it is what it is. Yeah, but, but you also, people should know that Chris is the one who does the editing, so there's a good chance that this conversation doesn't see the light of day. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I can I can edit this the way I need to. This is like yeah, yeah Fox News all over. If again. it sounds really choppy, <laughs> more also than it did before, you know yeah. why? If it, all of a sudden it sounds like hi, Chris, I agree with you, then <laughs> you know what's happened. This is it's just the cut. He's just going to cut to where I say, Chris, I respect your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is all. This is all, all. There's no point in talking because everything out in between here is just going to be cut. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right well look that's that's grand it's, the season in itself is done it's been a fantastic season what can we say like the it genuinely has been the most fun season to 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 track um steve when we first started the podcast uh when we first started speaking about the podcast obviously in the first year it happened so fast none of us were organized um and in this one we're like all right we're hell bent we're gonna we're gonna get it's gonna be we're gonna be fun we're gonna get through it and um and it's just been so much fun. Like I, I don't know what to say, mate. What, what do you want to say retrospectively, looking at the first week when we when we made the decision? Or like, like oh, we're going to follow the girls all the way through to now. Like what, what, I don't know. I, I'm a little bit lost for words of how fun it's been. Oh, it's been great, and like I'm I'm really glad that the decision was made to continue because a lot of the AFL media does stop as soon as the men's season stops, yeah. and and we discussed that we didn't want to do that. We didn't want this um this to just be not talked about and then Polly coming along has made it so much more enjoyable I think for me because it's nice to have different discussions rather than just you know you and me mumbling at each other um <laughs> it's it's been it's been really good to have to have Polly along and bring her knowledge and insight to the game it's been um it's been a really fun you know 10 12 weeks and and the winning helps like it helps when you win doesn't it yeah yeah and, and you're right and, and and Polly over to like to you um the, the podcast has been significantly better with you in it. Um, it's the, your passion and, and, and suggesting that you're the, the AFLW Swans fan number one is 100% <laughs> correct, I feel. I, I, I would fight anyone in any part of the world uh, otherwise. Um, yeah, it's just been really special to, to know the way you, your passion is, not only on the podcast, it, it goes even harder outside because I find it's really difficult to sometimes describe the love you have for something over words over a podcast, and, and you do it in multiple different ways off the podcast as well. So, um, yeah, look, thank you for joining us <sighs> in the bevy for this year. It's been amazing. Yeah, I honestly have appreciated it so much. Thank you for, for, for those kind words. I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but no, it's been so much fun. And um, like, thank you for inviting me on because it's been truly a joy. And it's honestly made enjoying this season even more enjoyable, which I didn't think was possible. Um, I said during the week that this has been probably one of the biggest joys of my life like specifically in a sports context but just in general like I don't I can't equate this season that the girls have had to anything and getting to talk about it with you guys every week has made it even more special so it's been it's been a great year or well 10 weeks 12 weeks (laughs) (laughs) it does it's felt long at the same time it has yeah yeah I mean that's the fun part about the podcast and I can it's a little bit tricky for me to kind of describe being off the podcast because but definitely doing the podcast, you, you live and breathe it more than any other time than you ever have before. And you might live and breathe it before and after. But when you're doing the potty, when you're like dissecting the game, you're watching every single game twice, um, you're, you're, you're paying attention to the way players are strapped up. You're, you're paying attention to the way they're running. You're paying attention to how much game time they had, uh, how their tackle count. You know, you start really focusing you you feel like half a coach but you have no say in the game which is even more stressful than anything else in the world so um yeah you're just sitting there waiting for the injury reports to come through like like, anyone cares about my opinion on it yeah you're like when's this damn injury report coming it's like 10 minutes late (laughs) it's just it's really it's just yeah you really ride the ups and downs harder than ever before um and this season like yeah, the joy that we've gotten out of this out of this AFLW season has just been phenomenal. So, mostly thank the girls and and thank the competition for existing because, um, yeah, build it and they will come and build it and we will follow basically. And Bloods fans love it, love it to death. Um, look, there's a few more things to talk about. Um, 
you know, we've got some things to chatter about, so I'm looking forward to just having a bit of general chat of things. Um, Ali Morfitt, our uh, rock extraordinaire um, in uh, the 22 under 22, we'll get to that in a second, um, has actually signed a four-year deal, which was announced today by the Swans. Steve-O, mate, what do you think? Do you want to take back the fact that rocks don't make a difference? Or <laughs> I'm going to clarify that. I say that elite rocks won't necessarily win you a premiership. Okay, um, okay. But but yeah, but I mean, you don't you don't need a an absolute superstar ruck to win the comp, but it certainly bloody helps. And I'm stoked that she's on for four years. Yep, and as young as she is as well, Polly. Yeah, there was a lot of chatter um, in the last week or week and a half about her going to the Western Bulldogs. Oh I didn't believe it for a second. Yep. I was like, no, there's no way. This is all hearsay. And then when it came out today that she was currently staying, I was over the moon because, uh, like, not even just like obviously she is a phenomenal player and she adds so much to the team and we've really missed her since she's been injured. But I've seen her around the team while she's been injured mm. and she just brings such a presence to the girls who may not have made team or have also injured. She's just such a bubbly, happy person. And I think just having her presence around the team adds so much that I didn't want to lose her for that aspect. She seems like the lifeblood of the team, so it's it's phenomenal that she's staying for four years. And she's so she's so sweet. I mean, she was chatting about the the season, and a lot of the chat that she was having in in. So they released a video of her dis, uh, dis, discussing her extension, but a lot of it was on her own personal self growth. It's like she's like, you know, I've got a lot to give to the team. I you know, I got a bit of my fitness. I need to do that. So she wasn't looking at this like you know um you know good to stay with the team or whatever she was actually like this gives me an opportunity to be better as a footballer and i'm looking forward to doing it so she's just got the right mindset and i i can't be more excited it's such a such a big one it it actually does touch on something that gowans did say post game which was he did mention that we were missing a few pieces uh of the puzzle to go further um which is not outrageous to say given you know, the state that where we ended up obviously he's looking at a premiership but uh more fit would definitely be a part of that to have a first string rock girl wrapped up for some time can't can't be going wrong there um uh okay to something a little bit more controversial and disappointing at the same time and hilarious polly over to you calendar talk to us <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing because it's just so stupid. (laughs) This morning, Chris um, sent me a message that was letting me know that in the 2024 uh, AFLW calendar, which I didn't know was a thing, but um, (laughs) it's a thing. Um, Yeah, yeah. I don't know why a 10-round game (laughs) needs a calendar, but look, that's a whole other thing. If little girls want an AFLW calendar, I'm more than happy for them to have a calendar. But anyway, he's only message saying, telling me know that Lexi Hamilton was our representative on the calendar. And I was like, that's kind of weird. It's a weird choice. Anyway, I go and have a look at the link that he sent me and I'm, I'm scrolling through and I, I zoom in and I'm like, that is Lexi Hamilton, but that says Cynthia Hamilton. So <laughs> on the calendar, they've used a photo of Lexi Hamilton that they think is Cynthia Hamilton. I'm assuming they've used wanting to use sorry, wanting to use Cynthia Hamilton because she was our club champion last year. And have used a picture of her sister. And, you know, in some situations I would go, that's fine. But they don't look very much alike. They don't look, the heights are different. One wears a headgear all the time. That's like the most, (laughs) was it one of the first potties we ever spoke about was like, who would you have as a bobblehead? And we were like, Cynthia Hamilton, because she's so iconic with that headgear. What the hell? I, I don't know how this has happened. I don't know. It just, it's bizarre. It's the, uh, the, I'm laughing because it's just so stupid. Like, you try, like, it's just AFL. Like, it just sums up the AFL perfectly. Like, how do you mess that up? <laughs> how did that get past everyone? I don't think there's any checking of anything that goes on there. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, that's uh, it's like, it's like spelling one of the months wrong. That's how, that's <laughs> how bad it is. Hey, that's right. February. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> How do you even do a calendar for there's there's twelve months in a year and you've got 
18 teams. How do they even do a bloody calendar and put everyone in All there? Right, I'll tell you what. Who, who missed Give out? Give me that's five a good, seconds. That's a good I will yeah. tell you which teams are represented. That's a really good point. I did that. Not <laughs> Steve is right onto it. Like, how did it? Yeah, I figured it was the top twelve, but I didn't actually check. Yeah, I didn't even think about it. So, like, all right. So there's, so there's a few teams out there that just are not allowed to enjoy their team on a calendar. That's oh, the, okay. Yeah. It's it's even weirder. Okay. All right. So January is North Melbourne. Yep. February is the Giants. Okay. Uh, March is Collingwood. Mm-hmm. Uh, April is Gold Coast. May is um, Adelaide. June is Carlton. July is Melbourne. August is Hawthorne. September is Sydney. October is Geelong. November is West Coast. And December is Western Bulldogs. Okay, so the Bombers, Frio, Port Adelaide. Brisbane. Brisbane. They all miss out. Who are we missing? Carlton? No, you said Carlton? No, Carlton is here. Richmond, I think. Um, are they Richmond? Missing? Richmond missing. Yeah, Richmond's missing. Wow. Okay. Wow. I mean, so I guess people aren't buying Ensign Calendar. Kilda. Ensign Kilda. Oh, yeah, time goes slow oh, yeah. on the West Coast. Uh, yeah, Frio don't need one. But Yeah, <laughs> yeah so I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know what? The, girl, the teams that missed out are on the front page. <laughs> No. <laughs> Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, no. I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, preliminary I'm not prize. Kidding. Actually, no, oh. there's one team there's one team that's still missing. Port, Frio, Brisbane, Richmond, and Essendon are on the front cover. Okay, so who there is still it? a team missing. Jesus. St. Kilda? St. Kilda. St. Kilda. St. Kilda just got no love. <laughs> No one cares for St Kilda. Is there a back cover? Is there like a back page of the calendar? Maybe St Kilda. Oh. The, no, the back page is it shows you what the uh, the months are. Yeah, it's a summary. Right. It's a summary. Yeah. So summary St Kilda just no love. If you're a St Kilda fan, I'm sorry, you don't get to know any dates next year. Oh, St Kilda, su- no, suck it. What are you going to do? <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> anyway. Oh, anyway. Well, that's well the calendar. Done, AFL. Yeah. AFLW, well done. smashing calendars, just forgetting teams. Who cares? Um, all right, to good news. 22 under 22. We have a few names there. Uh, and to think that all these girls under 22 actually does my head in. It's wild. Gardner, Morfitt, Ella Heads, and Lucy McAvoy. Lucy McAvoy, I thought, was like 40 with the, the way the maturity is on the field, but she's apparently 22. So um, that's wild. And I think we had the biggest representation of players in the 22 under 22 is that right um that is a great question i think, I think so i can double check i, th- I, th- I can double check I think but the i'm Crows pretty had sure three and i think we're the only ones with four so and i mean it doesn't surprise me because these are fan voted oh yeah and yep. we have the most a uh, fans yeah, okay. so okay. It's one of those, you know, we always um, get mad about it in the men's because why are you doing fan-voted things when people are just going to vote for their own team? Yeah. But it's actually worked in our favour now. So. Like yeah, now it's, now it's working out. We're players. fine with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if you think how some the of the names turn. that are missing there too, like that, just to get an idea of just how strong the young players on the Swans list are, you've got those four, like Gardner, Morfitt, Heads, McAvoy, and then not on that list who are also under 22, just off the top of my head, is Montana Ham, Sophia oh, wow. Hurley, yep. and Brenna Tarrant. That's so and that's uh, yeah, a pretty and, elite And Cynthia Hamilton. Yep. Yeah, Hamilton. So just think of that. That's a group of eight very, very good players that are all going to be there for 10 years, hopefully. Oh, far out. That's mad. I can't believe that. Oh, so excited. Yes. To add to your question, Chris, we do have the most. Take that, all the other teams. Or maybe <laughs> get some more fans and uh, AFLW fans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Someone did miss out, but I can't remember who. Someone from that was a swan did miss out. They got nominated. I just can't remember who it was. Oh, yeah. If I go back into the party. Because we'll it was five. Uh, let's see. I have to say Montana would have been up there as a fan favorite. I think she probably wasn't um, in the 44 because she did miss a lot of the start of the season. Yeah. I think like when it's only 10 games, it's very easy for people not to make it because of injury. Yeah, right. Oh, well. Well, four, we'll do it. We'll take it. 
and uh, next year we'll rig the game again and we'll get five next year. So don't worry about it. Let's go Swans fans. Start dominating. Well, Lucy's going to be over 22 then, so... <laughs> right, we need to start hiring. That's yeah. all right. So Sophia and Montana and Cynthia and Brennan yeah. can all step they up. come in. <laughs> they're all freaking like 19, 20, most of them. There we go. Six players next year. That's, that's, the, yeah. that's the KPI. Ham and Hurley are... Both certainly really are because they both only got drafted last yeah, year. They're, they're 18, both only, uh, 19, yeah. Yeah, they're only like oh, second okay. season only. Cynthia was in the 44. Cynthia, right. But did not make the 22. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So. Yeah, I think that's fair too. Yeah. All right. Um, club champion dinner, Polly. Um, when is it? Is it 7th of? It's the 8th, 8th. of December. Okay. 8th of December, club champion uh, dinner. Um, if you want tickets, go to the Swans page, the, the official Sydney Swans page. You can get your tickets there. Um, it's like 250 per head, I think 260 for a non-member, whatever. Um, you get your bellies filled. You save uh, 10 bucks by being a member. Bucks. Is that what you say? It's 20. It's 240 if you're a member. Oh, 20 bucks. <laughs> So, well, that's generous. <laughs> yeah, two drinks, guys. <laughs> Just have two more drinks. Well, they, they, is it like I think it's like free drinks, like not free drinks, but it's like open bar, open bar, dude. It's open bar for the night, and yep. uh, three course dinner, three course dinner. So, like that's 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 a night in itself. That's a that's a solid Friday night. So, yeah, um, and it's at um yeah. it's at the Royal Hall of Industries, and it is on the uh they're doing it on the actual. Uh, court court field that's in the Royal Hill of Industry. So oh, that's be cool. A fun that's night. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'll be turning up in a full tux. Uh, Polly, yeah. you'll be there. Oh, that's uh, Australian dollars, though, too. That's not even that bad. Like in euros, that's. Oh, that's. Like that's a, yeah, God. You, Steve you, you, yeah, you can't get a night out for that. Yeah, go. Everybody go. That's a bargain. Steve, only you were thinking that. <laughs> Yeah, Steve is like, like, oh, I'm, Euros I'm paying bloody Scandinavian price. I only get three herring for 250 euro or something like that. Oh, man. Steve I was trying in... to get his locks out. Yeah. <laughs> I was in freaking Oslo a few days ago. I'd never been to Oslo before, and I'd heard rumors of the cost of the place, and my God, like, it, it wasn't even close. Like, the cheapest beer I found was like six and a half euros, and that's like 10. That was the cheapest, like 10 Australian dollars, absolute bottom of the tree. Cheap beer, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way Southeast Asia is the place to be. Like, yeah, yeah, fifty cents a beer, no worries, you're sorted. I mean, it's it's watered down. You're gonna do. It's also a long way away from Finland, so that's that's also the reason why it's not a weekend. We got, yeah. got direct flights to Southeast Asia. It's only like twelve hours. <laughs> twelve hours. <laughs> All right. Well, that club champion, club champion dinner. If you are going, make sure the ping uh, the potty on any of the socials. We'll love to say hello. It's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, I will be taking the microphone and trying to chat to as many people as I can on a night to make a bit of a thing out of it. So be really. And nice. I, I don't know awesome. about you, Chris, but I've never been to one before, so no, it'll be my first time. So I'm excited. Yeah, we're, we're, Noddy and I were going to go to the AFL club champion dinner, but um, Noddy's got kids and just couldn't make it out. Um, so, yeah, th- I'm actually really excited about this one. I- I'll definitely make a bit of a thing of it every year. I think I'm going to set myself up. I'm pumped. It's going to be fun. Um, okay, next thing uh, is cool. yeah. very cool. I look forward to hearing how it goes. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fun. I've been to a few yeah. of the um, – I forgot what it's called, but – they have like a uh, they have like a special section in this ones where you can actually you have a three course meal you get your drinks you get a certain section like uh, to watch the game they always have a, a, a an ex player to turn up and tell stories and stuff and this happens at every single game I've got it's like executive lunch or something something weird anyway but um I used to work oh the chairman's lunch or something Cha- is it called I that chairman's that's lunch. right yeah. Yeah. yeah I've been to quite a few of them because the company I used to work for. Uh, the bloke who started that company was actually the bloke who started the was working at QBE who started the 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 funding and, and the support of the Swans back in the nineties or eighties or so. So uh, he was hell bent, and so he had a table there, and there was always a spare ticket going. So we went to so many of those. So that was a lot of fun. But um, this one I think is going to be even better because it's like genuine. It's like the wrap up of the whole season. So um, yeah, I'm actually quite pumped, and all the players will be there, and all this uh, that that's going to be a thing in itself. <clears throat> okay, uh, one quick one. Holly Cooper 
um, is our, uh, I forgot the term for it, but she is our pick, local pick for the Swans to come in. Uh, we get free reign and free pick of a player in our regions of Sydney. Uh, and she was the one that got the call up um, that she's joining the Swannies. Steve-O, do you know much more about the way the ruling goes for this one? I, I, I didn't quite understand it. It's like a, it's an assistance thing to help the four expansion sides from a couple of years ago. So us, Port, Essendon, and um, Hawthorne. So each of those four clubs still has a certain level of priority access to players in different zones. So I guess for the Port, it's in South Australia somewhere. Ours is in the pretty much the same region where the Swans Academy is. I think it's, I think it's almost exactly the same, actually. I was looking at the map. And so I'm not sure if it's going to continue again after next season, but it's certainly for this season. We have first crack at, um, at a, I think it's up to three or, or something. There's a certain number of players that we get first crack of that are in that zone that are a certain age as well. I forget the exact age group, but it's got to be within a certain age. And so so Holly Cooper's been picked up that way, which is great. And, and I saw an, like a like a, on the Swans media, I think it was, and she seemed like really, really stoked to be coming to Sydney. They did like a phone call with her and, and Scott Gowans telling her that she had a spot on the list. It was really nice. Those damn videos make me weep up every time, eh? When, it, when they first get the call to be like, oh, yeah, you're joining the team, uh, it, 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 yeah, it tears me apart a little bit. It's just so it's so nice. It just must be such a special occasion for that, that person and the whole family. So, yeah, welcome aboard, Holly. Uh, looking forward to uh, talking about you for many years to come. Let's hope for that. Um, okay, uh, who had this question? I'm this assuming that was Steve-O. I'm just curious. Um, I mean, there is a season still going. We got bailed out, which was unfortunate. But there are still three matches of the AFLW left, the prelim finals and the grand final in two weeks. Um, I'm just interested in who your picks are. So we've got North Melbourne playing the Crows this week and then Brisbane playing Geelong. So who's going to win this week and who's going to win in two weeks? And then we can see who got it right. Uh, Polly, do you want to go first? I've, I've picked one. Sure. Okay. Okay, sure. So... I think North Melbourne's going to get over the Crows um, for no real reason in particular. I just think that they had a bit of a bogey with the top four teams and since they beat Melbourne, I think they're going to be on a bit of a high so I can see them beating the Crows at home. Um, And then Brisbane, Geelong. I'm actually going to go Geelong only because in round two when we played Geelong, I said Geelong was my favourite for um, grand finalists, like, sorry, um, to win the flag. So I'm going, I'm staying with them. They made it this far, so I'm staying with them. So I think they're going to go all the way. All right. This is so. This is good because I'm the opposite to both of those choices. I go for the Crows, apart from the fact that I think they're a very, very strong side. I also can't bring it to myself to ever think of anything nice about North Melbourne Kangaroos ever since they booed Goodsy off the pitch. I would never like that club. So That's fair. I, that is very fair. I hope, I hope they get wooden spoons for the rest of their lives. Um so go the Crows and Brisbane versus Geelong. Going for Brisbane, I just think they're a better team. That's as simple as that. Um, yeah. But I, I, I really applaud uh, Polly to you sticking to your guns. I, I like that. So, yeah. And, and also, you know, part of the podcast is I can go back and find it and I can bring it up. You can. Yeah, and then, you sure can. And then yeah. expose you for the lie you are. But it, it is what it is. I'm fairly certain. I, well, I definitely said it on Twitter. So <laughs> if I didn't say it on the potty, I, I can just receive it. I do you saying on the potty, honestly. So, yeah. <laughs> All right, Noddy, uh, Steve-O, mate, what do you think? Um, all right, so Polly said North versus Geelong grand final. And, and who did you say yeah. to win? What was your premier? Oh, Geelong. 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 Oh, no. And then Chris didn't say his. I didn't say mine. I'm yeah. going to go Brisbane to uh, upset uh, against the Crows again. Okay. So, hmm, interesting. And also probably yeah, I reckon home the same is... advantage as well. That's the other thing. This is tough because yeah, North Melbourne I can't go for because I still have trauma going back to the '96 Men's Grand Final where they <laughs> thrashed us. So I can't. So Crows, even though they're away, and a good mate of mine, Wyatt from our footy team, is a Crows fan, even though he's from Central Victoria, but um, like Goldfields area, he's from around there. So I'll go for the Crows for Wyatt's sake, and then who else have we got? Brisbane, Geelong, and then actually our coach of our team, Grant, who was who was on the podcast, good friend of the podcast, good Grant. Lines, He's a Brisbane fan, so I think I'm going to have to go for Brisbane, even though our previous coach for our team was a Geelong fan from Geelong. So that's tough, but Brisbane. So Crows, Brisbane, but 
I reckon the Crows are going to win it. So that's what three different premiers we've got out of three of us. Mm. Right, that's cool. Uh, you guys went a lot more um, with the heart than I thought you were going to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of PTSD. Much more logical against, about this. A lot of PTSD <laughs> against the, the kangaroos. So, uh, uh, and, and I reckon. Yeah, I'm, no, honestly, fair. <laughs> I'm going to put a bet on there too. I reckon that if if I am wrong. Well, let's say the the winner gets bought like like a box of wine, a box of Chris's finest four liter goon yep. is on the I line. I don't want it. Fun. You don't want it. <laughs> this could be between you two. We can take side bets on on Polly if she gets through. Quick Polly, all right. For Polly's sake, we'll buy her uh, some uh, passion pop or something. Whatever, whatever Polly drinks on the weekends. We'll just all right, it. look, I will take that. That's better than cask of wine. <laughs> I don't. I'm no fish. I don't need the um, <laughs> the attachments. Yeah, that's that's why I'm drinking it. Yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, look, let's. Uh, the the potty's going a bit long, so let's start uh, getting to the end. Um, uh, I met a gent at the Tudor. I'm so for, sorry. I forgot his name. Egg something. I, I spent most of the podcast now looking for. He'd send me a message, and I can't for the life of me find it. I found fucking Instagram, Twitter. Facebook everywhere can't find it but what um it was a lovely guy uh, came and said hello and he was actually there with his daughter who was wearing her um head um gear that was signed by Cynthia Hamilton the week before at the Gold Coast game uh, oh I know who, who you're talking about uh, excellent um no, give me a sec Something I... with a h and then his his uh... online name was with an e I thought yeah, I'm pretty sure hey. his online name is Lincoln Bio. Thank you. That's what he is on Twitter. Thank you. I don't know. He, I don't think I know his actual name though. No, no, no. That's okay. Ed, Ed Burton. Ed Burton. Ed Burton. Thank you. I thought it was Ed. Ed Burton. Thank you. So Ed came and said hello. Uh, really nice to say hello. Uh, yeah, and his daughter. Oh my god. So Cynthia Hamilton gave her headgear to uh, his little girl. She signed it and everything, and she was wearing it super proudly in the pub as the game that's was adorable. going on. That's adorable. It was actually Cynthia's headgear. It was, was actually it? Cynthia's yeah. headgear. No way. That's awesome. I really wanted to yeah. meet them when, because they were up at the Gold Coast as well, Chris. I really wanted to give his daughter a um, friendship bracelet, but I just didn't see them. So it's really great that you got to meet them last week. Yeah, love, 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 lovely. And and what I, what I really loved about his commentary was he wasn't even that much of an AFL fan, full stop, and, but he's an enormous AFLW fan because of his daughter. Because his daughter got oh, really, that. really into it, and so he got really into it, and now he's an enormous fan. That's so I mean, sweet. What you, I mean, with the love of a dad, like, what are you going to do? Like, it's just <laughs> too much. It's too much. So, um, yeah. So, Ed, mate, um, Polly, and I will be in touch. We'll find a way to get something lovely out to your daughter. Um, it was really nice to meet you, and I, I hope we we see you all around the traps many, many, many more times uh, into the future as well at many other games and events and at pub visits. That's for sure. Um, Okay, two more quick things. Um, Year-end review. The potty as a whole, the collective of the bevy, is going to be doing a year-end review uh, towards the end of the year, probably close at this rate, getting closer to Christmas. Um, but what we're going to do is just basically review and just have some fun, uh, talk about the AFL men's uh, and the women's season as a collective, um, talk about some memories, go through some trivia just between us friends uh, over some beers. We're going to pick a pub. We'll do it during the one someday. Um, so if you are interested in being a part of it, uh, keep your eyes out on socials for when we determine when it's going to happen. Um, it's just going to be some fun. And uh, I don't care how long it goes because it's literally just a chat amongst mates that we're going to record. So it's just going to be a bit of fun about it. Um, one And a very, very last thing for me anyway is we're going to end the potty with an interview that I had with Helen up in the Gold Coast when we were talking about how much the Swans family have gotten around AFLW. I think it's a pretty fitting way for us to finish off the season. Her describing really succinctly and very concisely and very well what it is about the Bloods that um, that just uh, keeps us as a, as a bit of a family. So we'll finish off with that. Um, Polly, last words for yourself? Um, thank you for having me for the past, I think, eight episodes. It's been a blast and I cannot wait for next year. It the season goes way too quickly and it feels weird that I'm already saying goodbye to the girls. So looking forward very much to next year. Yeah, Not goodbye. Just uh, see you for now, I think. <laughs> yeah. See you later. Right. Uh, Steve-O, mate, one last word for you. 
Uh, look, big thanks to everyone who listens and every week to the podcast that we've been doing and to both of you. It's been great. I've enjoyed it. And it's been really nice from a distance to watch just how much community is developing around AFLW and the Swans. It's been it's been really cool, and I'm really hoping to get over for a game next year or, or soon because it's it looks really exciting what's going on in Sydney with the Swans girls. Yeah, very much is. Thank you both so much for the season. Loved it. To all the fans out there, the Potty fans, thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, it's, it, it, this wouldn't happen without you listening in uh, otherwise we'd be talking into microphones for absolutely no reason um and so we appreciate that and all the love and support that we get sent um over the mail over twitter uh, over the socials and in person has been really special we thank every one of you for that um but until then up the bloods and can you it's chris here bevy of bloods at the emerald lakes in the gold coast uh, function for all the swans fans families and everyone else, I'm here with Helen. Helen, you're from Byron Bay, I understand. Yes, I am. Yes. And what brought you over here? Did all the way, one hour away, did I watch the game? <laughs> I'm here to be part of my Swans family and That's watch it. the girls win a final. First happens once, right? First absolutely happens once. Well, tell me about yourself, about being a Swans fan. How did it all start? Uh, a long time ago, we liked to take our daughter to the AFL because it's a family safe cultural event and we're sitting here at the event it's quite a busy event lots of people here there's obviously some players here there's marketing people as you said some executives for the swans but myself and my mum are here from sydney you're here from byron with your partner what is it about the aflw where the swans family have really picked it up and really run with it being number one membership and the biggest numbers going to games. What is it about the AFLW that you think it just makes sense for the Swans? Uh, girls were never ever allowed to play sport and now we are. It's about that and we're really inclusive for everything here as part of the Swans family. It's really important for young children to see girls play. Mm-hmm. And because they now know that they can continue to play and chase their dreams. That's it. So an opportunity, you build it and they will come. Exactly. Right. Now you mentioned earlier, the reason that everyone gets around these things is because of the family aspect to it. There's, there's a genuine, like, blood family feel to everything that we do, it seems like. With Swans fans, we are bloods. Yeah. So we are part of the family that's and it. that's what it means.